Hello, welcome to Pilgrim Missionary Baptist Church podcast, Faith in the Word. Here, Pastor Cecil Holloway is bringing you all the spiritual teachings within God's Word. We hope you enjoy. Please share with a friend. And like always, God bless you. I'm teaching on Awake Unto Righteousness, Part 8, Righteousness in the Eyes of God. <laughs> Righteousness in the Eyes Don't let God's answer or solution become your problem. Don't let God's answer or solution become your problem. For example, if you're having financial problems and you come to church and you start hearing messages on giving, tithes, and everything, say, oh man, I can't do that. Now you have allowed God's answer now become your problem. Now you have a problem with God. So by faith, always believe and receive his answer for his solutions to your problem. Don't make his answer and his solution become your problem because now you have hindered God. Psalm says we can hinder the Holy One of Israel. How do we do that? We do fear, doubt, and unbelief, and making God's answer and his solution become our problems. So, Lord, just drop that in my heart. I don't know who that's for. Amen. All right. We're talking about righteousness in the eyes of God. Uh, many times when we sin, we believe we have lost our right standing with God. However, as born-again Christians, we didn't do anything to earn our righteousness, and we cannot do anything to become unrighteous. Although our decision to sin causes us to suffer the natural consequences of sin, it does not take away our righteousness. At the point of salvation, we are eternally made righteous in the eyes of God. We were eternally made righteous in the eyes of God. Romans 5 and 21. That as sin has reigned unto death, even so might grace reign through righteousness unto eternal life by Jesus Christ, our Lord. We were married eternally righteous in the eyes of God. So through God's eyes, if you have accepted Jesus, if you have made Jesus as your Lord and Savior and received him, through the eyes of Father God, he looks at you and I as righteous. Not sinners. That's religion. 
But through the eyes of God, he looks at us as righteous. Go to Hosea 10. <laughs> you should see a uh, yes I'm sorry thank you yeah go to Matthew yeah. new person right here right yeah <laughs> that's correct thank you uh, Matthew 6.33. It says, Be, but seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. So through the eyes of God, we as the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus, we are supposed to seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. We are supposed to seek the kingdom, what is in the kingdom, what uh, do we have access to in the kingdom, and his righteousness, which is our righteousness. So as a believer, we're supposed to seek the kingdom of God, okay? We, in seeking the kingdom of God, we will find out uh, what, what we have a right to in the kingdom, right? And a lot of Christians who are not walking in their righteousness or receiving the blessings from the kingdom of God through faith and by righteousness because they don't know what they have a right to, Okay. So the scripture Jesus said here, but seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things shall be added unto you. Now, I used to read that years ago and preach that. Seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, then whatever you need, God will add it to you. Well, it's okay, okay, you can interpret it that way. But look at the revelation. The Spirit has given more revelation from it now. But seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. He's talking about the things that you have found out through righteousness in the kingdom. Those things in the kingdom should be added unto you. Are you hearing me? Those things that you seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, the things that are in the kingdom, the things that you have access because you understand your righteousness, those things that you find out from the kingdom and righteousness, those things shall be added unto you. So when you seek the kingdom of God, when it comes to healing, and you understand you have a right to be healed, then the healing promises of God will be added to you when now you can walk around healed 
protecting your health. Instead of praying to God for a healing, you seek the kingdom of God about healing, understanding that your righteousness says you have a right to be healed, then that healing power will be added to you so you can walk around, heal, and no sickness and disease affect you. You can walk around, you seek the kingdom of God for prosperity or favor. If that favor will be added to you. And so when you walk in life, you're just walking in the favor of God because that favor has been added to you. You have found out in the kingdom of God, there is favor and you have a right to that favor. So now that has been added to you. So you just walk around in the favor of God. Are you seeing this? This is through the eyes of righteousness. This is through the eyes of righteousness. Now let's go to Hosea. Now look what Hosea 10 and 12 and 13 says. It says, so to yourselves in righteousness. Reap in mercy. Break up your fallow ground, for it is time to seek the Lord till he come, and then he will rain righteousness upon you. So when you sow into yourself righteousness, you're going to reap mercy. Because we have in previous study, we found out mercy follows righteousness, grace. It breaks up your fallow ground, but it is the time to seek the Lord till he come and rain righteousness upon you. Verse 13. You, you have plowed wickedness and you have reaped iniquity. You have eaten the fruits of lies because thou didst trust in thy way in the multitude of thy mighty men. So what is he talking about here? He said that you have plowed wickedness, you have reaped iniquity, you have eaten the fruit of lies. The number one enemy to righteousness is religion. Religion, religion will cause you to plow wickedness. Religion will cause you to reap iniquity. Religion will cause you to eat the fruit of lies. Because thou didst trust in thy way, your way, and in the multitude of thy mighty men. So the number one enemy to righteousness is religion. Why is that? Because religion is sin conscious. Religion always has sin on its mind. Over and over in the ministry of Jesus, we see the Pharisees, the Sadducees, and the scribes coming against Jesus. The Pharisees and the Sadducees and the scribes were the religious group of Israel. They were the, uh, 
They were the uh, Talmudic Jews that came out of Babylon. Okay, so they had a, a deep, deep religious mindset, and the religious group, the religious spirit, always confronted and attacked Jesus. The world, if you study the uh, the four gospels of Jesus' ministry, the world never attacked Jesus. Pontius Pilate, his wife told him, hey, this man has done no wrong. So that's why Pontius Pilate said, I washed my hands. He couldn't find no wrong in Jesus. The world never attacked Jesus. Sinners never attacked Jesus. And Jesus would eat with the sinners and fellowship with them. The religious group said that he is a man of gluttony. He hang out for the sinner. If he was a prophet of God, what is he doing hanging out with sinners? Foreigners never came against Jesus. The Salvation woman, remember? She needed a healing. And Jesus said, hey, I didn't, I didn't come. I didn't come for you. You know, Jesus called her a dog. You know, I didn't come for you. You know, this is the table of the children of Israel. You know, they they have the this is the bread of the blessing from them. You know, so she said, "Hey, if Jesus called her a dog, you can't be more offended than that. Somebody call you a dog." But what does South Phoenician woman say? Even though I'm a dog, just give me the crumb. It's the only group that came against the power, the miracle working, the teaching of Jesus. So the Pharisees and the Sadducees and the scribes coming against Jesus and what he was doing. Let me bring it up into 2022 to help you get a better understanding. The Pharisees, the Sadducees, and the scribes. The Baptists, the Methodists, Catholics, they didn't. I don't know why people call them Christians. They're not Christians. Catholicism, that's paganism. They're not Christians. But you got a lot of duh Christians in this country who don't know the word. So they just, I guess they're Christian. No, they're not. They're not Christian. Hey, I used to be into Catholicism. I was not a Christian. I did not give my life to the Lord Jesus Christ. I kissed statues, lit candles, genuflected a lot and I was on my way to hell. I never heard about being born again. So Catholicism is paganism. Catholicism Catholicism is through Constantine, you know, the emperor Rome, uh, some claim he, he became born again 
So he just made a declaration that everybody in the Roman Empire is a Christian. All right? And Catholic just is mean universal. Okay? So what they did, they didn't have a heart change because it was a decree in the Roman Empire that everybody had to be a Christian because of Constantine. So what they did is they took their pagan worship and went underground with it and they put on their Christian facade. You gonna tell me them folks, they got a heart of Jesus and they one of the biggest pedophile groups in the world? They took their pagan worship and went underground with it and they put on their Christian facade and they still. And if you, when I was in Catholicism, I thank God for 1986, October 13th, when I gave my life to the true living God, uh, even though we went through our little Christian rituals as being a Catholic, but at home behind the scenes, we did all our little pagan stuff. Like the horoscopes, that's paganism. Buying lottery tickets, that's paganism. All right, so religion, I don't, they, 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 they mark themselves as Christians, but if you go by the word, if you go to a, if you go to a, you go to a Catholic person. Now, there are some, you know, it's just an oxymoron. They say they are some believers in the Catholic Church. How can you really know the truth and still be in the midst of darkness? I don't know. I can't figure that out. Well, yeah, I can. Because, you know, there's some believers in Baptist churches. And they, they in darkness. Believers in uh, Methodist churches. And uh, there are believers in Pentecostal churches. Apostolic church and in darkness. What is that? That's a religious spirit. Religion come against the things of God. So you probably have been in churches, and I can tell. I, I can share with you and let you know that you probably have been in a religious church before. Have you? Have you ever been in a church and you heard anything about speaking in tongues was of the devil? That was a religious spirit. That was a religious spirit. Because I got born again in 1986 at the age of 26. And for 25 years of my life, I ran with the devil. I never spoke in tongues. So that spirit of religion comes against righteousness. Okay. The Pharisees, Sadducees, and scribes coming against Jesus what he was doing. The number one characteristic of religion is self-righteousness. Self-righteousness. They are unteachable. Religious spirit talks in terms of traditions, rituals, and ceremonies. 
the objective of a religious spirit is to control you in having a relationship with God. You go to any religious church and ask any one church, you ask, do, do you have a, an intimate relationship with God? God. All right? So that's the objective of the religious spirit. Religion will always kick against the prick when it comes to righteousness. Control is a definition of witchcraft. Religious spirit killed Jesus. Why was that? Because Jesus' teaching and his demonstration of power threatened their control. Religion don't want you to be free in Christ. Religion doesn't want you to know who you are in Christ. So when you come and bring the uncompromising word and the anointing of God into someone's life who, who, who is in religion, you know, they may take it back to their religious leader or whatever, and then they will speak something negative against it. A great characteristic of the spirit of religion is fault finding. The Pharisees, the scribes, and the Sadducees always found fault in Jesus. Remember when Jesus healed the man with the withered hand on the Sabbath day? He healed them. And what did the religious crowd say? What are you doing healing on the Sabbath? I mean, you know, they didn't say, praise God, the man got healed. You know, he had a withered hand. He got they said, what are you doing healing on the Sabbath? Religion will always find fault. Why? Because religion do not want to lose its control, its grip from you in having a relationship. So religion definitely doesn't want you to understand that. There is a system of religion over us. Sad to tell you, we do not live in a Christian nation. We live in a religious nation. All right? Christ is not our God. You know who America's God is? Pull out a dollar bill. Look at it. Money is America's God. Man. Because religion and money go hand in hand. So this is, you know, I know... I know what we've been taught. We told us in school. But uh, it doesn't line up with the book. Jesus Christ is not the God of this country. Now, there are some believers who live in America where Jesus is God of their lives, but the nation as a whole is not. 
centered on Christ. This is a religious nation because we have different religions in this nation. What was the commandment before that God gave to Moses, who was the lawgiver to Israel? He said, have no other gods before. So there's no way we can have Christ as being the God of the country and they have Islam, Buddha, So how could the devil better perverts men's heart and mind from God than for them to worship religion and religious traditions rather than rather God? If you think about it, we, we worship religion and religious traditions than we do God. Why is that? Because we are a religious nation. We, we, we grew up in religion. We did not grow up in righteousness. So we worship religion and religious traditions rather than God. Prime example here in 2022. The scripture says that God is love. God doesn't have love. He is the, the very essence of love. But religion has taken it and flipped it and made love is God. Love is God. So when it comes to things from the word that maybe a religious mindset do not want to adhere to, then they will come out, well, what about love? You don't have love. What, is, what, have, what have they done? They made love God. Love is not God. So religion can take the things of God and twist it or pervert it or what is called, the New Testament called it wicked, Wicked is from the Greek understanding of twisted. Like, remember, you ever, young people don't talk about it, for us, boot baby boom. You know that wicked furniture? It was twisted. That's what religion do towards the word of God. It twisted. It makes it wicked. So God is love, but love is not God. So when you try to share with Christians, hey, you need to learn how to walk by faith. Well, as long as I love people, no. You will not be able to know how to love correctly without faith. Hey, you know, God wants you to be financially blessed. Well, no, all this say I'm interested is love. No, you cannot love folks if you ain't financially blessed. God wants you healed. He was, well, you know, I don't worry about it. I get healed with getting to heaven. Well, you ain't going to be sick when you get to heaven. All those promises are for 
But religion keeps a control on you that it causes you not to understand the promises of the righteousness of God. These Pharisees and Sadducees who wanted to kill Jesus could have been driven by a perverse spirit as well as a spirit of pride that leads to rebellion against spiritual authority. A religious spirit would cause people to get involved in religious activities of the flesh to satisfy the flesh. Religious, religion was called people to get involved in religious activities. Oh, why do you go to, why go to that church? Because they got a wonderful children's ministry and they do so much for the children. But your children don't know Christ. And they skating and they swimming and still going to hell. Why do you go to that church? Because they got a wonderful spirit. Religious we get to eat pizza. And, and watch movies. God says go on a 30-day fast. No, no, no. That, don't go to that church. That church is of the devil. Religious activity. And what is happening when you get into all this religious activity? Remember, re religion wants to control you and have a relationship with God. God don't care about you roller skating pizza. God wants us to humble ourselves before him and make him sit on the throne of our lives. He don't care about no pizza and how much you watching movies and how much you got a single ministry or, or what, they got a great women's ministry. My church know how I feel about women's ministry. What is it that the women need to know that we can't know? I mean, what is, the, what, what is God telling the women that he can't tell all of us? Because religion has found out that women are good givers. So remember, I told you, religion and money go hand in hand. So, yeah, we can, we can have a men's ministry. Men might give $500. Praise God. That was women's ministry. They gave $20,000. So guess, guess who religion is going to focus on? They have all these conferences and all this stuff. It's all religion. And then you teach, and they have these women conferences, and woman, you are loose, and you are set free, and you are doing all this. And that's not what the Bible said. The Bible said, woman, you need to submit to your husband. I don't want to hear that. You need to become a virtuous. I don't want to hear all that. Because religion will cause you to come against spiritual authority. 
That's why Jesus hated religion. Jesus put it this way. He says, because of your traditions and your unbelief makes the word of God not effective. Makes the word of God not effective. So that's why you're not experiencing the healing power, the prosperity power, deliverance power, power of God, because of religious mindset. It would try to convince them that religious works or good, de good deeds will meet their spiritual need instead of a relationship with their Lord. God ain't looking for good works and good deeds. He's looking for a relationship. That's what he told the children of Israel of Old Testament. He, he said, have them to come up here to the mountains with me. They said, no, 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 you go do it, Moses. You go do it, pastor. Pastor, you do all the praying, all the visitation, all the fasting. You do all that. And here, God said, I want to have a relationship with you. So when you have that religious spirit, pastor do all that. Why do you think we give him a salary? I ain't got time all that. I got to take my kids to the football camp, baseball camp, soccer camp. I got I to gotta keep my kid well-rounded. Well, ain't nothing like a well-rounded person in hell. Oh, I don't know why I'm going off on this. It's, you know, God said, I want a relationship. I don't... You remember the story of Mary and Martha? Mary and Martha? When Jesus came into the house and Mary fell to his feet and was listening to every word he was saying, she was attending to, and Martha, her sister, was in the kitchen fixing stuff. And then she came out and rebuked Jesus. How do you rebuke Jesus? Religion will, will, will rebuke Jesus. Religion will rebuke the word. She came out and rebuked Jesus. She said, tell my sister she need to get in here and stop working. And then Jesus said, Martha, Martha, Martha. Girl, you have missed it. Mary is going to meet the thing. Sitting at the master. Oh, he said, God is looking for relationship. Righteousness, understanding your righteousness will cause you to have a closer relationship with God. You will never feel like that you don't have a, you're not worthy. Understanding your righteousness, you know, no matter what you may have done, didn't do what you know that I can always go to my father and cry out to him. But whatever I'm going through, whatever circumstance, whatever situation, I understand my righteousness. I am the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. My sin is nobody else's business but me and my father. That's understanding your righteousness. Because I have a relationship. Even if my faith is weak, even if my spirit is not strong, 
I have, I can muster up enough righteousness to know I can go before my father and cry out, Abba, Father, I need your help. I need your strength. I need your guidance. I need your love. I'm crying out to you. It's understanding your righteousness. That if we go, whatever happens, you know, I can, I can do I can share with him what I'm feeling, what I'm feeling, what I'm experiencing. Why is that? Because I have a relationship with him. Only righteousness can cause me to experience So a true hunger for God and his word will cause a person to truly become spiritual. What a better way could the devil find than to pervert sincere people into religious activity instead of, instead of them being led by the spirit and used by God. Let's go to 1 Corinthians 15, 34. What it said, awake to righteousness. Awake. So that means you're asleep. Religion will cause you to experience spiritual slumber. When you are deep, think about it in the natural. When you are in a deep, deep sleep, comfortable for you in that, that, that third level, all right? And someone comes in and they try to awake you. And you know, you don't, you don't, you don't wake up at first, you know, because you're in a deep sleep. And they turn on, this is nice, they turn all the lights on. And then when you, you coming out, you coming out, you know, you're being awakened and you come like, and you try to open your eyes. And if you, you remember how the light your vision up because you know you're in deep sleep. So Paul would say, awake to righteousness. When you come out of that religious spiritual slumber, coming into righteousness, when you come out at first, you come, it, it will hurt your vision. But I need to heal. I'm, I'm blessed going in, blessed coming. What, no, what are they talking about? I never heard this stuff before. What is this? I'm the righteous. It, what, you coming out of that stupor. And then until you, you know, you, you fully, you, you wake up and then, you, you know, your eyes get adjusted so that you can start seeing clearly. He says, awake unto righteousness. Why do, why, do, why do we need to awake to righteousness? Because he says, awake to righteousness. Now, look what's going to follow. And sin not. So why do you think some Christian thinks that they can, that they still sinners? Because they are still sleeping to religion. 
Because look what he said. He says, wake to righteousness and sin not. Remember, we have done previous teaching. Righteousness will lead you into holiness. So when I awake unto righteousness, my awakening unto righteousness, I see clearly, I see right now that I am the righteous. I see to the point that I don't have to sin. Religion will never paint that picture. Religion will keep you, you old. Why is that? That spirit wants to control you from having a relationship with God. Awake to righteousness and sin not. But some have not the knowledge of God. I speak this to your shame. Some have not the knowledge of God. So what did he say? He says a lack of God's word causes you to sin. A lack of knowledge of God's word, because we're talking about righteousness, causes you to sin. When you have a lack of knowledge of God's word, that's when you will sin. Because religion is sin conscious. Religion always focusing on sin instead of focus on the righteousness. A couple more scriptures in there. Let's go uh, 2 Corinthians 6, 14 to 18. Be ye not unequally yoked together with unbelievers. In 2022, if if you're born in Christ, don't hang out with folks who are not born in Christ. Why are you hanging out with folks that don't know your God? You my friend, huh? But what did God say? God said, be ye not unequally yoked together with unbelief. Those who don't know Christ, why are you hanging out with them? Why are you associating with them? You don't understand your life. Because he says here, For what fellowship have righteousness with what kind of fellowship are you going to have with folks who don't know Christ? The only way I think that you can fellowship with them who don't know Christ, because you don't know Christ. I'm going this side here. That's the only thing I can understand. I'm not going to fellowship. I'm not going to hang out with Buddhist people. Unless I'm evangelizing to them, but I'm not going to be kicking it with them. And let's go to the movies and go to their temple and say, hey, show me. What? Why are you hanging out with folks who don't know Jesus? What fellowship are you going to have with them? He says, for what fellowship have righteousness? Look, God called you righteous. What fellowship have righteousness with unrighteousness? 
And what communion has light with darkness? Verse 15. And what concord or what agreement have Christ with Belial? Belial is Hebrew word for like devil. Or what part has he that believeth with an infidel? Verse 16. And what agreement had the temple of God with idols? For ye are the temple of the living God. As God has said, I will dwell in them, walk in them, I will be their God, and they shall be my people. That's her. Wherefore, come out from among them. Wherefore, come out from among them and be ye separate, saith the Lord. This is God said. This ain't Pastor Holloway. I ain't saying, you know, left us be. You can hang out with everybody you want. But then God said, hey, we're supposed to be, be ye separate. Come out from a, quit hanging with them. And by you hanging with them, then you try to figure out. Why is that I don't have a relationship with God? So he says, look, wherefore come out from among them, be ye separate, said the Lord, and touch not the unclean thing, and I will receive you. You're not going to, you, you cannot hang on to sin and then go before God and think he's just going to receive you. Your righteousness says, I'll get rid of sin. Because remember what he says, awake unto righteousness and sin not. So in understanding my righteousness, I'm going to get rid of any sin or any hindrances or any weight that causes me not to have a closer relationship with And will be a father unto you. Look at that. And ye shall be my sons and daughters, said the Lord Almighty. God said. Now, last scripture, and I'll wrap it up. Romans 10, 6. Now, this is not you and I righteous. This is not our righteousness. This is. This is God's righteousness. But the righteousness which is of faith speaketh on his wise. So this righteousness is on, based on faith. You have to get an understanding of faith to get an understanding of this righteousness. But the righteousness which is of faith speaketh on his wise. Say not in thy heart, who shall ascend into heaven? That is to bring Christ down from above. So remember, faith believes in the heart, receives, and declares and decrees. Faith believes in the heart. Out of the abundance of the heart, Jesus said, the mouth speaketh. So when you deposit the word of God into your heart, you believe it, you receive it, the spirit of faith 
is, like Paul said in Corinthians, the spirit of faith is, I believe, therefore have I spoken. So what you believe will be determined what you're saying. So if you believe that you are the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus, then you will start speaking, you'll start declaring it, you'll start declaring it. And this righteousness, what we just covered, this is by faith. This is not, this is not from religion. Religion doesn't want you and I to know that we can have this intimate relationship with this invisible But the faith of God, which this righteousness comes from, can cause, once you get an understanding of it, you keep meditating it, you keep studying it, you keep allowing, you keep hearing teachers on righteousness, or whatever the promises of God is from the word, having that keep deposited, deposited, deposited. You remember, when we, Hosea, so unto yourself righteousness, you deposit inside of you, then once it has been conceived in your spirit, then you begin to speak. Then once you speak it, it will be manifested. According to Hebrews, excuse me, Mark 11, 22. 22. Have faith in God. Mark 11, 22. Have faith in God. If you study that in the Greek, that, that part of scripture says have faith in God only comes with three Greek words. Echo, pistis, and theo. Echo, pistis, and theo. Theo is God. Pistis is faith. And so Jesus is saying here, this is how the God kind of faith is. Echo the faith of God. Speak what God says about you. That's having faith in God. I will speak, I will echo the faith of God. I will echo what the word of God says. I'm going to do it not based on how I feel, not based on how I think or how I understand it, but I'm doing it by faith. I'm going to echo the faith of God. I'm going to say, I'm the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. I am God's righteous. I'm a child of the living God. I am heirs and joint heirs with Jesus Christ. Whatever Jesus can ask of the Father, so can I. Now, when you start doing that, your unbelieving, believing relatives are going to think you're crazy. But don't worry about it. Because those same unbelieving, believing relatives, hearing you echoing the faith of God, they're going to know who to come to. They're going to know who to run to when you say, I'm, the, I'm, I'm God's righteous. Oh, I used to love it when Stella used to walk and say, I'm I'm God's favorite. Y'all used to hear that all the time. I'm, I'm God's favorite. I'm his favorite. And that girl will go out there and 
ask God for something, and he would take her right there to her, bring it to her. She said, I'm God's faith. That's how she got that Lexus. She said, Holy Spirit, I need a Lexus. Told her what car lot to go to, a certain amount she had, went right there, manifested. She had Nicole with her. She said, watch this, Nicole, watch this. Watch, watch how God favors me. Yeah, Stella used to talk. She used to talk that way all the time. Somebody said, well, why did she talk that way? Because I washed her with the water of the word. And she knew how to echo the faith of God. So we need to start learning how to echo the faith of God. Start saying, I'm the righteousness of God. Christ Jesus. I'm his righteous one. I'm his favorite one. If anybody gonna get blessed, it's gonna be me. Anybody gonna be delivered, it's gonna be me. That air squadron you're gonna be part of, only reason why they're gonna be protected, because of you. You speak that. Hey, whatever mission y'all got, hey, only reason why we're going to succeed because I'm here. No, you're not speaking out of arrogance. You're speaking about faith because you, you know God. God said you're the righteous of God in Christ Jesus. So, hey, hey, guys, whatever mission we do, whatever sign we're going to do, we're going to be successful. Why is that? Because I'm here. And since I'm here, God's here. And I'm God's faith. I'm the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. That's how we got. That's how we supposed to talk. That's how we supposed to act. Not this old woe is me stuff. No, I'm God's righteous. I'm a child of the King. Jesus is my elder brother. So if you mess with me, I'm gonna tell my brother. Tell my brother. Vengeance is mine. So in understanding your righteousness through the eyes of God. That's how God sees righteousness. Amen? Any questions, comments, revelation on this subject? Thanks for listening to Faith in the Word podcast. If the word of God has been a blessing to you today and you want to give unto the ministry, please feel free. Pilgrim Missionary Baptist Church, 600 Bellwood Road, Louisville, Kentucky, 40223. Or email Pastor Holloway directly at Cecil Holloway at yahoo.com with more options for electronic giving. Thanks for listening. Stay in faith and be blessed.